No one could believe that something as tragic as that happened. It's been a year since Hannah lost her lives. She was murdered along with her children, Aaliyah 6, Leana 4 and Trey 3. Her parents join us in the studio now, Lloyd and Sue. How are you guys coping at the moment? Uh, a bit sad this morning, actually, because you know how Facebook has your memories come up. Yeah. Today was, a, we all went to SeaWorld today, the mm. whole family, our son and his boys and that too. And it was such a good day. Mm. And as a mum, nothing I like more is family all together. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, when that memory came up, I was like, oh, if only we knew then. Mm. It was fun times. It was, it was great. chaos, absolutely <laughs> chaos. You know, three kids plus Hannah <laughs> in the house and just complete chaos. Can you tell us what Hannah was like? Bubbly. She was um, effervescent, I suppose. Very bubbly, big smile, critical. <laughs> you mean she was a crossfitter and she had high standards. Uh, I reckon let's gotcha. go with that. <laughs> you used to go and train with her, which I used to think, well, I don't know how you could do that. She would just be picking on you guys. Oh, constantly. Yeah. What do you call that, mum? <laughs> so each day, I guess, must be different. Some days you probably have good days and some days you have bad days. Yeah, it's yeah. so true. It's just the little things. You know, something will pop up, Facebook or whatever. Mm. Um, that does my head in a bit. I'm glad that they're there, especially the little recordings we found. Um, when we finally got Hannah's phone back from the police, um, we started going through it. And there was little messages there, videos that Layana and Aaliyah had done. Mm. And they never got sent. They were just in there, this little time capsule. Wow. And we opened yeah. them up and looked at them. Uh, it was sad, but it was wonderful because mm. there's these wonderful messages. Hi, Nini. Hi, Papa. Mm. Yeah, love you. And little Leah used to hide under the bed and do a little secret messages, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and then run down the hall because Aaliyah was coming, you know. <laughs> you know, she's talking in the third person. Um, yeah, but very special they are. It was. Lucky mm. Hannah never cleaned anything out of a phone. Yes, correct. <laughs> yes. There yeah. was some stuff in there and I'd be like, seriously, you have kept this. Well. But we're pleased now she did. Mm. I guess what's um, so tragic about this story, and, and I can't imagine what it must have been like for you on the day, um, losing a daughter and all those grandchildren, and I think the, the pouring of hearts out to to you from Brisbane and all of Australia mm. was amazing. Um, if you wouldn't mind me asking, what was it like um, the day you, you found out? It was surreal. Um, we, Because I worked just up the road, we'd heard all the sirens. Oh, yeah. And we were sitting there like, wow, wonder what's going on today, a lot of sirens. And then I went in for morning tea at um, 10 o'clock and one of the young dentists was flicking through Facebook and she stopped and she said to me, three kids have been burnt to death in a car at Camp Hill. Mm. And I felt sick. And I was like, no, no, the girls, they'd be at school now. Mm. So I rang Hannah, no answer. And I thought, oh, well, she'd be in the middle of a gym class. So that's okay. I sent her a message. And then uh, the young dentist flicked through again, Facebook, and she goes, oh, it was Raven Street. And then I just knew. You knew. I knew straight away. And as I looked up, two police detectives walked in. So that confirmed it before they said anything. That was pretty horrific. Because mm. Hannah was staying with you guys. Yep. Yes. she had left her husband. Mm-hmm. Because that's when she, I guess, admitted to you guys that there were some problems. And I know that you have spoken about it, that for her, she didn't know if it was domestic mm. violence because he hadn't physically abused her. But there was a lot of control issues 
sexually, financially, in every aspect, I guess, of her life. And she told me a lot over the years, which was very difficult because I wanted to say something or front him, but it just would make matters worse. And right. the, on the rare occasion when I did say something, she would ring me in tears and I would have to grovel and apologise right. to make everything. Okay, so we did know, but our hands were tied. Because mm. I guess you kind of go, you want your daughter to be happy and you don't want to upset them and you don't want to stop at seeing your grandchildren. Mm-hmm. Well, he was so controlling mm. that... If Sue did say something, then he would stop the kids from coming over right. to our place. Mm. You know, Sue would have the two younger ones, um, usually on the Friday. Friday. And he'd go, oh, no, I won't work today. I'll stay home with the children. Because you've said Just something wrong. Just to try and yeah. hurt Sue. Or, mm. or if Hannah said something wrong, he would punish uh, Hannah through punishing me. So that's where this controlling mm. factor comes in of coercive control. Mm. And that's what our aim now with Small Steps for Hannah is to help educate the community, because we knew nothing about this. Um, what's coercive control? Mm. And then we started learning back on, well, oh, okay, this is the problem. Yeah. The general community just doesn't know yeah. this repeat behaviour of abuse. Mm. And, I mean, this is a, a man who you trusted into your family. You know, that's, that's, that, right. that's an honour mm. that you, you handed him, and, and he completely mm-hmm. abused that. Well, it was so different to start with. He seemed like the general nice sort of bloke, yeah. um, and he obviously got into our heads and smoothed us over, uh, and then as the years went on, it just gradually got different. You know, we'd always go for lunches or dinners, mm. early dinners when they first got married, um, yeah, seemed, but then he had this controlling factor. He always had to win at anything and everything, mm. always had to be the one to come out on top. It was more in the latter years, wasn't it? In the latter it? years, Because she had sort so. of decided no more children. She was getting fitter. Mm. He was getting older. So yeah. there was a, a big age difference there too. Was she married when she was 21? No, she met him when, when she, she was, was 21. 20. Okay, yeah. She was 24 when they married. Yeah. And pregnant. Mm. When did she come to you and say, there's, there's a lot of problems I need to leave? Um, by about July... The year would be 2019. Mm. She yeah. came to me that I've got to go. So we started getting the house ready. We got bunk beds in, made sure we had beds and everything for them. Um, there was a lot of clothes at our house because I kept clothes there for the kids. And um, every the weekends would come and she'd say, okay, I'm going to come this weekend. And he would know and he'd plan a family outing uh-huh. or plan something with other people. So it would be foiled. Mm. Until eventually she was with her best friends at the gym one morning and it was just the three of them at the gym and she was saying something he'd done the night before and the girls said, right, that's it. Let's do it now. We know he's at work. So they went back to her place. She took everything in two garbage bags was all they had for her and three children. Mm. Kids were allowed to pick three toys each. They got a Leah out of school and just went. Mm. It was too dangerous to let him know that yeah. they were going. It was a conversation starter for the nation, I think, and it was a huge focus on domestic violence for quite some time. But then the world sort of shifted and COVID happened. Did, did you feel like some of the spotlight was taken off the conversation that you guys were trying to start in, in the honour of your daughter? Oh, definitely. But it actually probably worked out good for us. Gave us some breathing space. Obviously, after it first happened, we had reporters and everyone knocking on the door, mm. wanting to get our story and talk to us. Uh, 
it was just too hard to talk and we just needed our own time. Mm. So when COVID hit, um, it was a pity that the summit that they had, that sort of got forgotten. Mm. Uh, but then they've brought that back after the um, the elections that they're, they're going to do something about it. As for us, it was a healing process. Mm. Um, off we'd go every morning for two to three hour walks with our dogs mm. up the bush. Uh, we're just, we're lucky enough that we got White's Hill Reserve just behind us. So You can get lost in that place. Yeah, 15 minute walk from home up <laughs> to there and then, yeah, just wander mm. and um, just beautiful. Honestly, I admire you guys so much because your grief has been channeled into making changes for families, no matter how hard you find it. And I think that's something that was instilled in, I guess, Hannah in her final moments, the instructions that she gave to the people that pulled her out of the car. Yeah. Um, well, I, I guess was to, f to fight for justice. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Yes. She didn't know he had, he was dead at that stage. So she wanted to make sure he was going to pay. Yeah. Right. And I guess that's setting up small steps for Hannah has been to, to, to educate people to make the changes. It's sort of like a twofold thing. We want to try and educate people, uh, help out the community and also uh, fundraise. Um, so we're a non-for-profit organisation that once we make some decent sort of money, we want to then channel that into other DV uh, organisations mm -hmm. who are helping survivors of DV. Our main goal is coercive control. Mm -hmm. We want to see that legislated. Um, is it overseas? Yes. yes. In some places right. there is, isn't there? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The UK and Scotland. Mm. Yeah. So I guess in Australia, we've just got this this out, outdated thing that unless it's physical, then it, it's not. But the amount of people and the amount of people that would be listening right now that mm. feel like they are completely trapped and controlled. Yes. And with this day and age, you can track people and it's... Other countries are trying to get on board as well. I believe um, America's mm. starting to look at it as well. Queensland government want to do it right, and we'll hopefully we'll see something within four years. What about your son, Nathaniel? It made me really sad that, and I know that they had come together um, mm. recently, but he said that he sort of lost contact with her. And do you reckon it was as a control of uh, of him sort of taking Hannah away from you guys? Very much so. Mm. Um, Hannah and Nat were very close. Rude, rudely close. If, <laughs> if you had, if they weren't siblings of, and fight like they should. Oh, oh, they did, <laughs> and they okay. criticised. And, okay, yeah. But um, if they were sitting at a table and there's a big group of people, they would tend to sit next to each other and hold their own little conversation mm. and yeah, have their own right, little jokes okay. and things like that, almost to the point of being rude, mm. and they didn't realise they were doing it. Yeah. Do you think you will, um, this might be something part of the foundation, you'll start to go into schools and things like that and, and hold talks? Because I, I know as a father of boys, I would love to see you up speaking to teenage boys mm. and educating them as early as possible to understand what could happen if they make yep. the wrong choices. Funny you should say that. <laughs> <laughs> we did a pilot last year. Yeah. Um, my friend Carolyn Robinson and I, she She's runs um, Beyond DV, and we did a mother-daughter talk last year just as a pilot to see how it would go. Yeah. This year we're wanting to get into schools and do a lot more mother-daughter talks, and also we want to do a few father and son talks mm. as well. Yeah, great. Because there was something that one of Hannah's best friends said at her memorial, which always stayed with me, is that like her little boys become angry men. Mm. Yep. Do you know? Yes. Yep. And they, they weren't born with that. 
Oh, no. But it's that that education and that taking care of, you know, that men aren't evil. There are people that have hurt, I guess, and, you know, a, a terribleness in their heart that commit those crimes. Scotland. So what they, they've done is, with their coercive control, is also made women and girls the same as men. Um, they're saying that statistics, there's only like 5% of women that will do coercive control because it's more in a men's nature yeah. to be yeah. controlling, to have the, the funds to do or whatever. Yeah, mm. They are a controlling beast yeah. where women have always been conformists. And you look at, go back to the old <laughs> days, your mum and dad, when they got married, yeah. what were their vows? To honour and obey mm. the husband. So what they've done is made women and girls respectful. Right. Same equality. Mm. And isn't that what we're all about? Yep. Yeah. You know, women yeah. and men, we're, we're equal. Mm. It's not back into the arcade days. And I would have thought these days um, we were past that. Mm. We're more educated. But it seems like young kids of today have got this thing, maybe it's too much internet that they watch. Um, they think they can treat people differently, mm. and especially mm. women. They treat them with no respect. And I think that's where we, we have one of our main aims is to make sure that uh, all relationships are good relationships. Because mm. what happens is once they get that control, it then makes it hard for that person to get away. Because there's a lot of humiliation that comes with it. Mm -hmm. And that uh, was a problem with Hannah. Well, um, smallstepsforhannah.com.au, that is the website. We'll put all the links up on our social media. Yeah, We're we want to put it out everywhere. Um, mm. We cannot thank you enough for coming in and spending the morning with us this morning. We really appreciate it. We know it would be very hard to speak of. You can tell the minute you both walked into the room, you could feel a very special energy, I think. Oh, thank you. Between you and I. And I, and I think from what's happened, there's going to be lives saved. And I think that's what's going to be amazing about this charity. I hope so. And also, can we announce that the beautiful Abby is going to be one of our ambassadors for Small Steps? Yes, we can. Yes. <laughs> there and we go. also, Petro. Seven a Seven That's right. I'm the one going to be doing all the MC work, so I said I need to practice that. Oh, but no, no, no. Yeah. Being in the Camp Hill um, community, I'm so amazed at what you guys are doing. So it's an honour to be a part of it and help out wherever we can and also as a station as well because yeah. it's a, a worthwhile charity. And <laughs> Thank you so much. You're so welcome. And if anyone would like to donate to the charity you've set up, smallstepsforhannah.com.au, you can also check out your Instagram page. Sue and Lloyd Clark, thank you so much for your time this morning. Thank and you. Thank you, guys.